All right. Well, if you would find that same passage that we were just in, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and if you're able to join me in standing for the reading of God's Word, if you would do so, out of respect and reverence for the Holy Word of God, for the Holy Scriptures. And uh, we're going to pick it up in verse number 10 of 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 10. Again, Paul's writing to his son in the faith named Timothy, and he says this in verse number 10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, my purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, and what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou, in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Lord, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity now to, as a church family, look at this passage and be encouraged to continue. Help us, Lord, in this day in which we live, in this, for such a time as this, to be found faithful. And uh, Lord, I ask that you would uh, just help us to now focus in on your word and your will for our lives, and then help us to um, not just be good hearers, but then that we would want to have a heart to be good doers of what we hear. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, in just 15 short weeks, on Sunday, April 24th, 2022, Cornerstone Baptist Church will celebrate 75 years of ministry here in Moore, Oklahoma. As I thought and prayed about what our church theme should be this year on our 75th anniversary, the Lord kept me coming back to the word continue. You see, it's not that we need to radically change what we've done over the last three quarters of a century. We simply need to continue being faithful, doing what we've always done. Continue preaching and teaching the word of the Lord. Continue exalting the Savior, edifying the saints, and evangelizing the sinner. We need to continue being faithful in these days. These days may not be easy. This year may pose some great difficulties and struggles as the year goes on. But Lord, may the Lord help us to be faithful and to continue no matter what. It was a stormy night very many, many years ago in uh, Birmingham, England. And uh, one famous missionary of yesteryear named Hudson Taylor uh, was scheduled to speak at a meeting at the Severn Street schoolroom. Well, the weather that night was frightful. Uh, and his hostess assured him that nobody uh, is going to come on such a stormy night. Hudson Taylor said, you know what? I'm going to preach anyway. I'm going to continue. I'm going to be faithful. And so he showed up and his heart was, I must go. Here's what he said. I must go even if there is no one but the doorkeeper. He decided that he was going to continue and that he was going to be faithful. And this morning, I want to challenge our church family to do the same thing, to be faithful, to continue. Uh, no matter what the circumstances are, and to simply continue. Now, Paul, 
in our passage today in 2 Timothy chapter 3, challenged Timothy to continue, no matter what was going on around him. And so I want to take a moment this morning and listen and take heed today as a church and as individuals to the exhortation and the challenge of this passage. First of all, I, let's, look, let's look this morning at this very uh, unfortunate situation. And let's notice number one here, the sad reality. Now, I am like probably most of you, I, I would much rather talk about positive things instead of uh, getting the negative out there. It, it, it's kind of a, a downer, a, a drain. It, it, it's not my favorite thing to talk about. And yet, as we look at this passage, there is a sad reality that we need to be aware of and that Timothy needed to be aware of. And uh, if we're going to preach the whole counsel of God, we, we need to understand that that includes some negative things, too, that are in the Bible that aren't necessarily fun to talk about, but are here. And we, if we're going to be faithful to the Word of God, we've got to look at them. So today, we need to realize a sad reality in, in the times in which we live. Now, what, what are the times in which we live according to the Scriptures? Not according to Fox News or CNN or Newsmax or wherever you get your news feed from. But what does the Bible say about these times in which we live? Well, if we go back to the very beginning of chapter number 3 here in 2 Timothy and pick it up in verse number 1, we're going to see that there will be perilous times that will come. And as we look at this, we're going to see that it's pretty much a, a perfect description of the days in which we are currently living in. Uh, verse number 1 says, again, Paul's talking to Timothy, and he's warning him about the days that he was going to uh, potentially experience. He said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And what are these perilous times? What describes them? Well, he goes on in verse number two, for men shall be lovers of them of their own selves. They're going to be very selfish and only think about themselves. Uh, again, verse two, covetous. They're going to be covetous, always wanting more. They're, they're boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. I, I, I would think that uh, if you go back in American history, even 50 years ago, it would be a very uncommon thing to go into a grocery store and have a, a little one throw a temper tantrum in the middle of a grocery store. Well, it's commonplace today. Our children have been allowed to be uh, disobedient. And certainly there's fault to the children, but also to the parents who have not enforced uh, discipline in their home. It's a mark of the perilous times. Uh, what's another one uh, at the end of verse 2? Unthankful. Unthankful. Unholy. And we are seeing, uh, even among churches and Christianity, a move away from holiness, a, uh, a desire to step away from that, and then anyone who wants to try to live holy are automatically branded as legalistic and judgmental. Well, we're living in the perilous times. It's no wonder. Verse number three, they're without natural affection. And we are seeing that with the gender and the sexuality uh, situation going on in our country today, where there's a movement away from the natural affection between man and woman. There's truce breakers, false accusers, Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And Paul says to Timothy, from these people you need to turn away from. And then verse 6 says, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts. And so here, here this is a description of the perilous times. And, and, and I think as we look at several of these descriptive terms, uh, we see that played out in society today. And so, uh, friend, we are living in perilous times. See, there will be a growing distance from God. In, by, by and large, society will grow distant from God. 
but also even among so-called Christians are going to be uh, moving away from the truth. Uh, Paul mentions it in chapter 4 in uh, verse number 3. He says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So we're, we're, we're seeing that even among Christianity. If you are, are watching any of that, you'll, you're seeing that there is a growing distance away from truth even among uh, so-called churches. I read of a poll taken back in 2015, so this is about uh, a little over six years old because um, it was at the end of 2015. But uh, uh, this poll found that one-third of Southern Baptists uh, and, and, you know, I'm not trying to preach against Southern Baptists. This is just an example of what's happening in Christianity. And this is just a little snippet that gives us a, a, a glimpse. And one-third of Southern Baptists who have a conservative reputation, one-third of these Southern Baptists believe that society should be accepting of homosexuality. So 33.33% with a line over it believe that, hey, homosexuality is here, it's going to stay, we should just might as well accept it. Now, to be clear, this isn't having to do with those who are dealing with this lifestyle. We can be very accepting of them and loving towards them, obviously, but, but not accepting of the sin. And uh, a third of these people are okay with it. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a little too high in my mind. It should be 0%, and yet 33% are okay with it. You see, we are living in perilous times and, and, a, and a day of compromise and a day of distancing uh, from God. It's happening. We're here. So as Paul is describing this to Timothy, it's like you're talking about 2021, 2022, uh, here, uh, right here, right now. This is us. So not only will there be perilous times, but there also is going to be, as a result of those perilous times, there's going to be persecution that you'll face as well. I'll pick it up in verse number 10 here. He says, uh, but thou hast known, Timothy. See, not only is there a growing distance from God, but there will be a growing disdain for godly Christians. Verse 10, thou hast known my doctrine, you've known my manner of life, my purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience, but you've also known my persecutions. And uh, Paul certainly went through quite a few persecutions in his ministry. I mean, he was stoned, he was left for dead, he was shipwrecked. He went through the full gamut of persecutions. And he dealt with afflictions which came unto him in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. What persecutions? He said, I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. And then here we go. Verse number 12. Uh, not a memory verse that we'll probably put up on the make a memory, memory verse. Because it's not my favorite verse in the Bible, I'll be honest with you. Verse number 12, Paul says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. See, as a result of the perilous times, these evil men, in verse number 13, evil men and seducers shall wax and worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Uh, as a result of these perilous times, these evil men and seducers will grow increasingly hostile to those who live godly in Christ Jesus. Now, of all the promises in the Bible, verse number 12 is among my least favorite that we would deal with persecution. Well, one might say, you know what? I don't want to deal with persecution. I want my best life now. I want to be popular, rich, and famous. Well, okay, I'm not a lawyer here. Uh, I'm a pastor. But as I was looking at this verse, I have good news for you. I found a loophole, okay? You ready for this one? I found a way for you not to have persecution in your life. Here's what it is. Are you ready for this? You're all going to thank me after the service. I don't have to deal with persecution. I get to avoid this promise. 
Okay, here's, here's how you do it. There, there's a way out. Here it is. Don't live godly in Christ Jesus. That's your way out. That's the loophole. See, instead of living godly in Christ Jesus, love the world and the things of this world. And then you can mark yourself safe from any type of persecution. You can even make that your little Facebook profile, marked safe from any persecution, because I have chosen not to live godly in Christ Jesus. Love the world, things of this world, blend in with the world. And guess what? No persecution for you. But look, if you decide to and choose to be a dedicated follower of Jesus Christ and be obedient to the word of God and you come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and you decide to be a bright and shining light, then guess what? Be prepared for some persecution. And of course, I want to encourage all of us to decide to do that, regardless of what that may cost us. I was thinking about John the Baptist a little bit as I was putting this message together, and I thought about him and, and how he just simply was doing what was right and was living a, a godly life in Christ Jesus, and as a result, his head was taken off. Yes, persecution came in those days. Paul experienced it, and he referenced it uh, back in verses 10 and 11. Then he promised all those who are serious disciples of our Lord down the road will also face and deal with persecution. In the last two years, we've seen a radical shift take place before our very eyes when it comes to how churches are treated and Christians are treated. We know that in many parts of this world, of course, Christians are persecuted for their faith in many third world countries. Of course, that happens. We know that. But here in North America, we're safe, right? We're good. Well, not so much. Because it was during the harsh COVID lockdowns in Canada, multiple pastors were taken to prison. And one of them was taken to prison right in front of his wife and crying children. To our, the, that happened just north of our borders. And what were they taken to prison for? Oh, they must have committed some type of crime. They must have stolen something. or Their crime was simply having church doing what we're doing right here, right now. And then just last month in Canada, a bill named C-4 was approved to go into law that protects children from having anyone help them with any gender confusion, to try to dissuade them from, if they say, if they're biologically a boy and they're saying, well, I feel like a girl, this law prohibits anybody from trying to help them be who they were made by God to be. This bill, which became law, so it was approved last month, it actually became law yesterday, in Canada, could essentially ban religious leaders from preaching the teachings on sexual ethics and marriage found in the Bible, or counseling a person with unwanted attractions, or saying that homosexuality is sinful. So if they want to, in essence, they can actually imprison parents, pastors, and other counselors for seeking to offer biblical counsel with respect to sexual immorality and gender. And this is happening in Canada. Oh, pastor, that's up in Canada. That's not here. We're safe for now. Obviously, I don't think anyone in this room would say, ooh, I want that type of religious persecution. Bring it on. I don't think there's a person in here who goes, I want to fight. I want to be persecuted for my faith. But listen, the signs of the times are here. And it is very likely and that it's going to come here in America eventually. I hope not in my lifetime, but maybe in my children's lifetime or my grandchildren's. And we need to be ready for that. 
See, here's a sad reality in verse number 13. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Say, well, don't you believe in national revival, pastor? I believe God can do anything he wants to do. But I don't know that he's going to bring national revival here in America. We have turned our back on him a long time ago. He's been very merciful to give us as much time as he's given us. With the amount of, of babies that have been murdered through the, to the God of convenience, and this whole turning our back on the family and the traditional uh, marriage situation that God has made very clear in his word, We've completely turned our back on it, and by and large, our society is just kind of kosher with it. It's amazing to me that God has given us as much time as he's given us. Can we turn around? Absolutely. Brother Gary, in our prayer meeting, was praying something to that effect, that if we would humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways, then he will hear from heaven and heal our land. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen. And, and if we don't have a, a major revival, things are not going to get better automatically and naturally. Things are going to get worse. And again, I don't want to be negative Ned here, but I'm just trying to show you what the Bible says because we are indeed living in perilous times. I don't think you can argue with that. And, and there's going to be persecution for those who decide to live godly in Christ Jesus. But again... You can totally get out of it by simply saying, you know what, I don't want to be that committed of a Christian. I'm going to just, you know, I'm saved and I've got my ticket to heaven and I'm just going to kind of live and blend in with the world. Well, then go ahead and do that. But, and, and you don't have to deal with um, any type of persecution. You, you get to be excused from that probably. But of course, that's not, the God, that's not God's will for any one of us. God desires that we would be committed followers of Christ. So, I start this message with a sad reality. Uh, not my favorite way to start a sermon. However, I can't ignore what the scriptures say. So, the sad reality. But then, there is a steadfast response. At least, there should be a steadfast response to the reality that Paul just painted for Timothy. And that steadfast response is found in verse number 14. Yes, there's a sad reality. Yes, there's perilous times. Yes, there's persecution. But Timothy, here's what you're going to do. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. You know, is it time to panic? Is it time to, you know, run scared or hide? No. It's time to simply being faithful. Continue. Let's not run away and uh, let's be underground and let's. And I understand there's churches that need to do that. And, 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 and I'm saying that, hey, if we ever need to do that, I'm not ruling it out. At the same time, we just simply need to be faithful doing what God has called us to do and not panicking about all the things going on around us. So in spite of the coming perilous times and persecution, Paul was saying, be faithful, continue. I was thinking about Daniel as well. And Daniel, as, as he faced persecution, remember he was one of the governors, and, and uh, they were trying to find fault in him, and they tried as they might. They couldn't find fault with him, and so they thought, well, we need to make a, make a law that forbids him to pray to anybody but Darius, King Darius. And they knew that if they signed this law into this bill into law, then, then they would get Daniel because he was just super faithful. Well, the whole process went through in much faster fashion than it ever does here. And uh, all of a sudden, that was now law. And the Bible says when Daniel knew this, he prayed as he did aforetime. See, he knew that he was facing persecution, but he simply had this steadfast response of continuing. And may the Lord help us as a church this year, uh, come what may, we're going to continue. Amen. We're going to be found faithful. 
We live in a day, as I mentioned earlier, when commitments have become optional, and yet God calls us to a life of steadfast faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse number 2. Paul says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found successful. No, that's not what it says, that a man be found faithful. Are we going to be found faithful this year? Or are we going to let something get under our skin and cause us to drift away? Are we going to continue? It was Paul in the book of Acts, chapter number 14, verse 22, who was found confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, to continue being found faithful. And those were the days where there was, uh, it wasn't like, oh, it may come in my lifetime. It was happening here and there. And they were, he exhorted them to continue in the faith. And may we be, uh, receive that same exhortation to continue in the faith. Hebrews 10, 23, the writer of Hebrews says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. In November, are you going to still be here at church? I mean, should the Lord tarry in his coming and then Lord continue to give you health? Will you be found faithful and sitting where you're sitting right now, 11 months, 12 months from now? Will you be found faithful? Will you hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering? And uh, the writer of the Hebrews continues there, for he is faithful that promised. So why are we to be faithful? Because he is faithful to us. By the way, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, as Paul encourages Timothy to continue to be found faithful, not the only time he did that. If you look back in the same book of the Bible, but back to chapter number 1, and just flip back over and look in verse number 13. Paul says to Timothy, hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Is anybody warm in here? Could we kick on the AC a little bit? I know it's cold and windy outside, but it's warm and stuffy in here. And so if we could get that on, that would be a blessing. So not the only time Paul exhorted Timothy to be found faithful. Here in 2 Timothy 1.13, hold fast the form of sound words. And then if you flip back another little bit to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 16. 1 Timothy 4.16. Paul says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So we are called to a life of faithfulness. It was Jude in Jude verse 3 who said this, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, he said, I would have much rather, you know, been positive and talking about how wonderful salvation is and knowing the Lord is. And he said, I wanted to do that, but it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. To be found faithful. There, there's a day in which we live where there's a growing number of apostasy in Christian churches. Maybe I should take out Christian and put churches. Where we're allowing uh, women to be pastors. Where we're allowing uh, homosexuals to be pastors. Uh, what's going on? Well, we're living in perilous times. And Jude uh, encouraged his readers to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That's the same message we need to hear in 2022 here at Cornerstone Baptist Church as we think about our 75th anniversary. Yeah, we need to be thankful for what God in the past, but we need to simply have a resolve to continue. I read this story and I thought of our teenagers and, and, and children who go to public school. Archaeologists digging in the remains of a school for imperial pages in Rome found a picture dating from the 3rd century. And it shows a boy standing, his hand raised, worshiping a figure on a cross. 
a figure that looks like a man with the head of a donkey. And scrawled in the writing of a young person are the words, Alex, Alex, we're going to just call him Alex. Alex worships his God. And then nearby in a second inscription, it says, Alex is faithful. Apparently, a young man who was a Christian was being mocked and made fun of by his schoolmates for his faithful witness. But he wasn't ashamed. He was faithful. Kids who go to school, are you ashamed of the fact that you're a believer in Christ? Teenagers, how about you? But this does beg the question, what are we to continue in? We are to continue, but what are we to continue in? Now, here's not an exhaustive list, but, but today I want to focus on four areas we need to have a steadfast response to, that we need to continue in. And if you were observant in the fellowship hall, for those who were there for Sunday school, uh, you might have guessed some of these, because they're the same ones we have displayed in the fellowship hall in those banners. What are we to continue in? Well, first of all, we are to continue in the Word. We are to continue in the Word. And by the way, this is the primary emphasis of 2 Timothy chapter number 3. As, as Paul's telling Timothy to continue and to be found faithful, he says, "Be Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. And he's referring to the Holy Scriptures in verses 15, 16, 17, and on and even into chapter number 4. Continue in the word. It was Jesus who said in John 8, verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. So all of us would probably want to reference ourselves as disciples. Well, that's only going to be true is if we're continuing in his word. If we continue loving the Word of God in our own individual lives, if we continue looking into the Word of God every day where we have a time where we open God's Word and look at it, read it for ourselves. Sure, you're getting some of it today, and and that's helpful, but, but you need to feed yourself. All of us would be pretty weak and anemic if all we had was three meals a day or three meals a week. If we only ate Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, and that's the only meals we ate, we would dwindle away. We wouldn't be very healthy. Spiritually speaking, same is true. If all we're getting is Sunday morning, Sunday night, and and some of us aren't even getting those three meals because we come Sunday morning only. Here's the deal. We need to be in the Word of God. We need to be continuing and found faithful looking in the Word of God. And then we need to continue learning the Word of God. Where we're not just reading it and going, well, I did my Bible reading for today. Check on with my life. But that we're becoming students of the Word of God. Where we are learning and growing in our understanding of the Word of God. We, we need to continue also, most of all, living the Word of God. Where it's not just going in one ear and out the other, but that it's affecting our lives and we're going out living different because we've heard the Word of God and we've read the Word of God. We need to continue this year in the Word. And the rest of this passage really dives into the Word of God and I'm not going to have time today to get into it. We'll have to wait till next week to finish the message. So point number three will be next week. You're welcome. You're like, man, we're going to be here till three o'clock. Good news is at five o'clock we eat. So I can go to five o'clock and we give you food. No, we're going to, we're going to finish this thought here. And next week we'll finish, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look at the word of God in, in greater detail because boy, Are there a lot of things in this passage about the Bible? Continue in the word, primary emphasis. Uh, What else are we to continue in this year? We're to continue in his love, in his love. John 15 and verse number nine, Jesus said, as the father hath loved me, so have I loved you. And then he says, continue ye in my love. What does that mean? This year, let's continue to learn about God's love. 
learn how he displayed it and have a better understanding of it. Continue believing it in our lives. Sometimes uh, we get it, we go through a trial and we're like, does God even love me enough to care about what I'm going through? Believe that he does indeed love you. Continue learning about it. Continue believing it. Continue appreciating it. Appreciating God's love. And having a heart of gratitude this year for uh, the love of Christ for us. And then continue resting in the love of God. And as we continue to grow in his love, guess what it's going to do? It's going to automatically grow our love for others. Hebrews 13.1 has only four words. This would be a great memory verse. Hebrews 13.1 says, Let brotherly love continue. Wouldn't that be a great memory verse to do one, one month? Let brotherly love continue. Let's try it. Let brotherly love continue. Ready, begin. Let brotherly love continue. Okay, now you go. You guys did great. We don't need to do it. You guys all have it down. I tricked you. Okay. But as we grow in the love of God and his love this year, it's going to affect the way that we love others. Let brotherly love continue. So continue in his love. Thirdly, we are to continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. Colossians 4 and verse 2 simply says just that, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Continue in prayer. Romans 12, 12, Paul says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. What does this mean? This means don't stop praying this year. Well, God's not answering my prayer. Keep praying. Continue in prayer. Yeah, well, God's not answering it the way I want him to or in the timing he, I want him to. Keep praying. Continue in prayer. Don't ever give up on God. Keep seeking him in prayer. Say, I'm praying for this particular prayer request and I've been praying for years. Keep praying. Keep praying. I've shared the illustration of George Mueller who uh, prayed for his friends to come to Christ and, and how he prayed for them for years and years. And, and one, all of them came to Christ, just, one of them just before he died, and, and he kept praying, and, and he was really discouraged that this, this, this one guy just never got saved. Well, after he died at the funeral, this guy got saved. The fifth one did. It was because he never gave up in praying. And it's like, well, hey, this isn't exactly, you know, and God doesn't work. God's not in a microwave. He's not in the microwave business. All of us wish he was. You push a button and 30 seconds later, ding! And it's done and ready for you. Uh, that would be sweet, you know. I pray for 30 seconds and then God magically answers our prayers. That's not the way God works. So we need to be faithful and continue in prayer. Don't give up. Don't keep praying. But then fourthly, we need to continue in fellowship. This doesn't sound very spiritual. It is very spiritual and very important in the life of a church. The idea of us having a unity in our church, the way we have that is we fellowship with one another. We have relationships with one another. We're, the one, we're one body. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the early believers, here's what they did. They continued. <laughs> There's that word again, continue. And they continued, not only did they continue, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And here's this word, fellowship. So this early church, they understood the importance of being united because, yes, they came from different backgrounds and different upbringings and all of it, and uh, from different cultures, but they decided, hey, we are united in Christ, and we need to get to know one another and get along with one another. And so they focused on fellowship. Here at our church this year, I want to focus in on fellowship and continue in it to be found faithful in it. 
So four areas for us to continue in. Again, not an exhaustive list. There's others that we could list here, but those are the ones that I want to focus in on this year. What will it take for you to discontinue? What will it take for you to say, you know what? I'm out of here. Here's the towel. I'm throwing it in. I'm done. Paul said this. None of these things move me in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, if you'd like to write that reference down. He said, none of these things move me, neither can I light my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He said, it doesn't matter what you throw at me, I ain't quitting. That's in the Greek. You have to kind of be a Greek scholar to know that. He said, it doesn't really matter what happens to me. You can, you can leave me destitute. You can leave me hungry. You can leave me for dead. You can leave me naked. It doesn't matter. I'm going to continue. I'm going to be found faithful. Okay, what about us? Well, so-and-so didn't say hi to me this morning. I think they don't like me anymore. Maybe I'll just skip for a couple weeks and see if they care enough to call. Oh, they didn't call. They must not love me down there at the church. And before we know it, you've gone AWOL. What's it going to take for you to quit? Not just church, but your relationship with God, the things we've talked about. John Whittier wrote a poem, and he said, When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but you just have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. He said, life is strange with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a failure turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. So don't give up, through, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with just another blow. Often the goal is nearer, uh, is nearer than. It seems to a faint and faltering man. Often the struggler has given up when he might have captured the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night slipped down how close he was to the golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt. You never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So please stick to the fight when your hardest hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. Don't quit. Let's continue this year. I came across this thought here from somebody else. I copied it from somebody, and I think it was source unknown. But they simply said, faithful people have busy schedules too. Faithful people have health issues too. Faithful people have trouble too. Faithful people get their feelings hurt too. Faithful people have been overlooked too. Faithful people have been abused as well. Faithful people are misunderstood. Faithful people experience loss too. Faithful people go through tragedy too. Faithful people could have excuses to quit. They just refuse to use them. So I think everyone in this room this year, again, don't want to be negative Ned, but likely all of us are going to experience some type of trial difficulty this year. Are you going to be a faithful person or are you going to let that be an excuse to cause you to quit? Galatians 6, 9, our memory verse for the month of January. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. My pastor in California, he was here uh, just over a month ago preaching for us on a Sunday night, Pastor Tomlinson. He used to have a business card that he would give to people to encourage them to continue. 
to be faithful. It was simply a don't quit card. And it was meant to remind people to not give up, to not throw in the towel when times were tough. Well, now that I'm a pastor, I wanted to continue this legacy, a little pun intended. And so I designed a simple card that also says, don't quit. And I have it right here. At the end of the service today, on your way out, I want to give everyone one of these. To be a visual reminder for you to stay in the battle, to continue, regardless of the perilous times in which we live, uh, despite the potential persecutions that you and I will face, let's not quit. Why should I be faithful to God? One reason. Because he is faithful. And he was faithful to you. He was faithful to go to the cross and despise the shame and, and, and endure the, the pain of the cross and, and, and having his heavenly father turn his back on him. He was faithful. That's why you and I can be faithful. One verse that sums up this thought is found in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. And for those Bible scholars who are thinking of this verse, I'm finally pulling it out. Kind of as the last left hook. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Paul says to the church at Corinth, he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Continue. Remember that story of Hudson Taylor when he was asked to preach on that stormy night? Well, a little bit more, but not much more than the doorkeeper showed up that night. Actually, less than a dozen people showed up that stormy, stormy night. But you know something? The meeting that night was marked with unusual spiritual power. Half of those present that night either became missionaries themselves or gave their children to become missionaries. And the rest... The rest of the handful of people there were faithful supporters of the China Inland Mission for years to come. You see, God blesses faithfulness because that's what he requires. And when his people are found faithful, he blesses. Not always in the way we want him to. But I'm telling you, we need to be faithful. One more quick story, and we'll, be, we'll wrap it up. Aren't you glad I chose to make this a two-part message? <laughs> well, about 150 years ago, there was a great revival in the country of Wales. And as a result of this, many missionaries came to northeast India to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. The region known as Assam was comp comprised of hundreds of tribes who were very primitive and aggressive headhunters. Well, into these hostile and aggressive communities came a group of missionaries from the American Baptist missions, spreading the message of love, peace, and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, naturally, they were not welcomed. One missionary succeeded in converting a man, his wife, and two children. And this man's faith proved contagious, and many villagers began to accept Christianity. Angry, the village chief summoned all the villagers. He then called the family who had first converted uh, to renounce their faith in public or face execution. Moved by the Holy Spirit, the man instantly composed a song which became famous down the years. And he sang, I have decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Enraged at the refusal of the man, the chief ordered his archers to arrow down, not him, but his two children first. As both boys lay twitching on the floor after those arrows penetrated their bodies, the chief asked, Now will you deny your faith? You have lost your children, and you're going to lose your wife next. Next. 
But the man sang these words in reply. Though no one joins me, still will I follow. Though no one joins me, still I will follow. Though no one joins me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Well, the chief was beside himself with fury and ordered his wife to be arrowed down. And in a moment, she joined her two children in death. Now he asked for the last time, I give you one more opportunity to deny your faith and you will live. And in the face of death, the man sang the final memorable lines, the cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. And after he sang that last word, he was shot dead like the rest of his family. Didn't exactly work out for him, oh, did it? In eternity, God's ways are not our ways. Here was a man who was found faithful. May the Lord help us to be found faithful. So many people quit their relationship with God, reading the Bible, prayer, church, for much less than threatening their life. May the Lord help us to be found faithful and to continue this year. Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you for your word that warns us of the times in which we're living. Help us, Lord, to be aware of that. But in light of that, help us to have this steadfast response that we're going to continue no matter what. Help us as a church family this year to not worry about trying to do something brand new and shiny, but to focus on continuing and being faithful to the things that your word says to do. Help us to be faithful and to continue in the word this year and in, in your love in prayer, and fellowship. Help us, Lord, to uh, be found faithful. And next year, when we meet for Vision Sunday 2023, help us to be found right here in our place, having grown in our relationship with you. Pray, Lord, that you would hold back the persecution, but, Lord, should we face it, help us to be found faithful. Help us to decide that we're going to live godly in Christ Jesus this year. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm going to ask Miss Pat to play through on this song that we just got done explaining the story, how we got it. I have decided to follow Jesus. As she plays this song through, I want to invite you to have a time of prayer and decision there in your seat.